from a world beyond has come to Sunnydale. Something evil crashed to Earth. This is definitely new territory. And it's taking refuge in Buffy's house. I'm gonna close my eyes. You're going to go away. Welcome to the Espresso Pump, also known as If the Apocalypse Comes Beat Me. This is Weekly Irish Podcast about Buffy the Vampire Slayer, where we take a look at each episode according to its original air date 20 years ago, and this week's episode is Season 5. Episode 9, Listening to Fear. We will talk about plot, characters, and the Tunguska event. So spoilers abound for this episode, every episode before it, after it, the comics, and even other shows and movies. You know, the other day I had a dream. Not a dream, really. More like I just had this knowledge. Beat Me isn't mine. It belongs to us. And it's important to the world. Hello, hello and welcome. Another another beautiful episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer to talk about with my co-host, Stacia. Say hello. Hello. Daniel, say hello. This podcast shouldn't have too much gamma noise. We'll break out the Geiger counters later. Oh, yeah. <laughs> science words uh, my name is kelly and i'm here to talk about <laughs> season five episode nine listening to fear of buffy the vampire slayer which originally aired on november 28th of the year 2000 written by rebecca rand kirshner which is the second of eight for her last one was out of my mind and the next one will be tough love which is a good episode and she also let us not forget wrote tabula rasa so like and last week was one of like our our faves right it was fury so like I don't know what's going on, but this is definitely the slump. I do need you to remind me of all of these better episodes. <laughs> I, need, I know. I did need that. We are definitely in the slump because, like, last well, last week was bad. Um, and that, yeah, that was Fury. This episode is bad. A spoiler. And next episode's also going to be bad. But then we get Triangle. And then it's like, ah, yes, this show is good. <laughs> so hopefully that'll, that'll rectify all this. Anyway, before I get ahead of myself... Don't forget, this was directed by David Solomon. This is the 8th of 19th episodes that he will direct. The one before that was No Place Like Home, which I had to remind myself already. I like can't retain some of these episode titles for some reason. That was one where we meet Glory. And the next one will be The Weight of the World. Oh, man. So, I want to tell you decreasingly interesting facts. Because, man, mm. they are fewer and further between. And they are definitely less interesting every time around. So, do you think that it's getting decreasing in terms of like the entire series? Like we're just on a we're on a slump all the way down. I think or? so because you, I mean clearly we're out of firsts for a lot of it. Like that the firsts thing hasn't really happened in a while, and also with with the poorer episodes, poorer more less good episodes, there's fewer facts yeah. because I think people don't like writing about them as much. It's like I don't really care. I'm not curious about this episode. I don't want to know anything about it. Fuck it. Let's move on. But I can tell you that Debbie Lee Carrington, who played the Queller Demon, so she's one. I think there's actually multiple actors in the suit, the slug roach demon whole face suit. But she, Debbie Lee Carrington, has played a ton of parts, including being an Emperor, Emperor Penguin in Batman Returns, the like 92 movie with Danny DeVito, right? He was the Penguin. And she was also an Ewok in Return of the Jedi. Amongst a million other things, like Whoa. I said. But she definitely is in a ton of movies, almost always in suits, apparently. Um, oh. Next, not very interesting fact. Uh, this is the third recent-ish 
uh, body that Willow has found, which is why she makes that comment of, I don't want to be the one that finds bodies anymore. Here's a, we can play a fun game. Can you guys name the other two bodies that have happened within the last season? Uh, the last, the last season? season, like with between, like within season four and this season currently, which is still season four. Shit. Huh. Oh no. Give me a guess. Uh, I'll tell you the episodes they're in. One is in Doomed in season four, the worst episode of season. Now that's not the worst episode, but we remember the other one is in Real Me earlier this season. Well, isn't wait? Are we talking about Willow? Yeah, Willow finding body. Okay, so she lays in that dorm bed. That's it. That's oh, what I'm doing. Oh, right. Okay. Stacia got nice. you. So just what? randomly, rudely laying in someone's bed. Yep. Yes. So next what was, to a corpse. What was the one in Real Me? She trip over someone. Yes, she did. Oh Stacia. wow! Another one. Getting it. Come on, Daniel. Come oh, up. Oh, I it. don't know. Who is it? Then? Couldn't even tell you. Really? Is it one? Is it one of the shopkeepers in the That's Magic Box? That's right. It's the oh, Magic Box's former owner, Mister Bogarty. Uh, Never. Who everyone forgets. shamed Tara for knowing his name. Damn it! I know. So how could you forget? <laughs> how dare you? Uh, R.I.P. Mister Bro- Bogarty and unnamed frat boy from Doomed. Do I know you? Me? No. No, sir. So uh, the moon. You know Chad. how they, they make the comment during the research that like the. Uh, ancient peoples or whatever used to think that the moon was to blame for madness is actually totally legit. And it's not like ancient peoples. This is like even to current day. Some people say that um, some mental illnesses and whatever are linked to the moon. And the word lunatic comes from the ancient lunaticus, ancient, the Latin lunaticus, which is, you know, relating its maladies uh, thought to be caused by the Mm -hmm. moon, specifically madness, vague madness and epilepsy. So... Lunatic, Luna, Moon. It's legit, guys. There is like a scientific correlation between the full moon and how busy ERs are. Yeah, totally. So there is definitely something to it. Wow. No Queller demons that I know of. No, no. Haven't seen that. Speaking of that really important, cool research scene, Willow says something that uh, we're we're on the trail of our meteoric events. And she says there was something called the Tunguska event in 1917, and I wanted to know mm-hmm. what that was. But I will tell you, it didn't happen in 1917. Stacia, when did it happen and what was it? Okay. <laughs> this is happening earlier than I expected. <laughs> so science. Yes. Tells us a lot of interesting information. I would like for you to imagine... And I've done all this math for you to help oh, because I didn't know I didn't know the British math. I had to turn it into American math. Oh, is there a difference? Yes. Oh. So Duh. imagine there is an iron ball hurtling through outer space. Okay. It is two hundred meters. That's British math for you. Oh, gotcha. So mm. two hundred yards ish. Yeah. Um, and then English math, which is not British math, English math is six hundred fifty feet. Oh wow. American math is our classic measure, measuring um, metric. It's roughly two football fields big. Nice. That's good. <laughs> that's how we. Okay, now I understand it. That's how yeah. we need to do this. Yeah. That's how we visualize yes. a distance in is in football fields in the great U.S. of A. is uh, football fields that includes the goal zones. Imagine this iron ball hurtling through space, two football fields big, going eleven point two kilometers a second. Again, that's British math, English math. American math is 25,053 miles per hour. I can imagine Ew. it perfectly. That's a big ass ball. Yes. It's going real fast. Hurtling through space. It hits our atmosphere and it just 
explodes. You see a column of burning white-blue light flying through the air. It hits the ground with enough force to level a mid-sized city. Except it was in Siberia. Shh. (laughs) A force. Oh, we're imagining. That's right. Yes. A force. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that can level a mid-sized city. A force that scientists have calculated to be roughly 30 million tons of TNT. And I would like to say, Damn. this is just the air from the meteor, not the meteor itself. Because, again, the meteor already exploded. This is just air. Outer yeah. space air. Not air, I guess. Outer space some- nothingness hitting the Earth <laughs> at the speed of 25,000 Miles per hour with the force of 30 million tons Ooh, so it's of like TNT. Daniel does this sonic clap thing. So if it was like he could do a sonic clap that was yes. 30,000 TNTs big. <laughs> so yes. there's nothing, there's no physical thing to show for it, but it will kill everything. Yes. So it, um, indeed, the unfortunate slash very fortunate thing, unfortunate because it's means it was kind of a non-event, but it happened in the middle of Siberia next to Baikal Lake on June 30th, 1908 at 7 in the morning. This is a highly, highly, highly densely unpopulated area (laughs) of Russia (laughs) where nearly no one lives. (laughs) While it did manage to destroy roughly 80 million trees in about 380 square miles of forest... It uh, killed no one to possibly <laughs> unconfirmed three people. That's impressive to kill no one. It could have killed Hitler. I mean, it could three have done something deaths. more than what it did. Yeah. No, it, it could have literally taken down Chicago, but it hit Siberia. Man. Now, this is the largest ever impact in written history. There are larger impacts that we know, I guess, again, from science, science is magic, in prehistory when dinosaurs roamed the earth and murdered all the dinosaurs. But since written word has been invented, this 1908 air nothingness (laughs) that exploded into our world from outer space is the biggest impact that's ever been recorded. There are firsthand accounts of people that were sort of nearish the area within like 200 miles of it that are like, yeah, I saw... um, a bright white flash, it knocked me over, and my house collapsed. <laughs> there were... That's not nothing. <laughs> yeah. The... This is a sign. We are in the final days. My time is come. Glory. Glory. What do you think? 5.1? The impact of it was said to be about a 5.0 on the Richter scale, like earthquake of, like, jolting the earth from where it hit up to the point that like people felt it in England from Russia. So it was like this huge, massive thing. But apparently everyone in the entire world just kind of went, huh, that was weird. And then went about their lives for 10 years. No one looked for what happened. No one studied it. World War one. We got stuff going on. (laughs) There's things. They were just like, wow, moving on. That was terrifying. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, there was, um, a bunch of first-hand accounts of people that were like, it knocked me over, my house collapsed, all the trees around me fell down, I got a concussion, uh, it was horrifying, and then, it, like, that was it. 
Nothing. How was that? So they had uh, ten years later. Some guy was like, I don't know that weird. Remember that weird thing that happened ten years ago? That went investigated. <laughs> that like 5.0 earthquake that <laughs> had like a blue light in the sky. We don't know anything about. I'm gonna see if I can figure out. Oh, uh, what happened? And the answer is he didn't because <laughs> nothing hit the ground. He thought he thought he found the meter impact, but he dug it up and it was just a tree stump. Oh, uh, they did further tests. They've done th- further tests on peat bogs in the area and have found metal alloys that come from outer space. So they're like probably alien, but yeah. that's all we know. So basically, it was a huge, devastating thing that's happened once in literal written history, and no one really cared, and we still don't care. <laughs> it's been it's been used in like fiction more than just this. Like I've only heard of this in fiction. Like I never heard about this in any history class. I've only known about this because it's been you know not just Buffy, but it's ex- it explains weird things that happen in other books and novels, right? And it explains why the Queller demons were just part of this. Uh, when Aca- you know, because yeah. uh, a meteor hit, you know, the Gulf of Mexico, right? That's why the land looks the way it does. Well, that's probably a Queller demon too, right? So if but in the Buffy universe, it's like all of these meteors are Queller demons, right? It just explains that. That's where I heard it before it was some science fiction book back in the day. So, and then you hear about it, and you're like, oh, that's I mean, really that's a- cool, and it's spooky. I mean. You have to assume the Queller demon wasn't doing a very good job if it landed in the least populated place in the world. <laughs> He's a rookie. Or maybe it crawled away very smugly being like, my job is done. Yeah. Because there are n- no crazies around for me to quell. <laughs> uh, I feel well. like you'd be unsatisfied. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It's your old thing. I came all the way here for this? 80 million trees? Yeah. <laughs> a never-ending Siberian bog. Well, I was not anticipating such a dramatic retelling. I mean, you really put a fantastic spin on it, and I thank you for teaching me. I, I really that. wanted to. It was the math for me. Oh, yeah. Thank you for converting the yeah. messy math. Oh, man. Yeah. I, I just kept being yeah. like, what is 11.2 kilometers per second? That oh, yeah. seems fast, but. Yeah. Who knows? I mean, and thank God you put the football fields in there so I could really. How big you know, is 200 meters? Mm-hmm. No one could know. I mean, yeah. Oh, and apparently Willow, not only did she get the date wrong, the year wrong, but she said that it was found empty. And it's like nothing was found. Nothing was found. It was air. Biggest impact in history. And it was air. Or the Soviets were covering it up. I mean, that could be true, too. Uh, uh, Did you get into any of that? A twist. A twist. I didn't get into any of that. I mean, there were people that were like, oh, it wasn't a meteorite. It was a comet. But... All of it is so, like, unsubstantiated mm-hmm. and no one has any evidence that it's, like, not even interesting to go down those rabbit holes because who cares? Yeah, no. Fair enough. Absolutely. And the answer is no one, clearly. Yeah. Throughout history. I guess possibly <laughs> maybe one interesting fact, these trees, the ones next to the um, explosion or impact or whatever, all their branches flew off, but they were still standing. But the ones further out, like, mm-hmm. fell over like a crop circle huh. because of the impact. Interesting. That's, cool. that's just like the way it works because like it's like the imagine, force like down versus of, yeah. yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. that's cool. Gotcha, gotcha. So it's like yeah. the ones right underneath it got all their shit knocked off, but the ones on the out like it's the force f- pushed outward and mm-hmm. knocked them over. Cool. Yeah. Outward instead of down. Huh. Yeah. Science. I'd rip it in half and stick it in bed with me. Well, thank you for that. Hmm. Um since since I'm talking to you and looking at you, what do you think of the episode? Um, you know, when I think about 
I hate saying this, but when I think about, like, villains in the Buffy universe, the Queller demon is one that that rises to the top. Oh, yeah? It's real hokey, but it's also, like, real gross. Yeah. No, I would agree. It's silly, but also, like, legit creepy. The way it moves is not scary, but its face is scary, and the idea of something crawling above you and you don't think to look above you is a really scary idea. Oh, yeah. Yeah, seeing the butt kind of wiggle like yeah. the snake from last week yeah. is Super not fake. great. But, no. yeah, like it being on top and of you. The and the blocky body, like yeah. hitting people and flying out of the scene, <laughs> not scary. Yeah. But it's face hole in the, like, that, the that thing. That moment when he's hanging above Joyce and you zoom out and she's, like, screaming mm. To it in bed is like really scary. Yeah, for sure. Because she thinks she's hallucinating. You know it's real. There's no one there to help her. Yeah. So definitely like weird, not great villain, but like executed in a way that yeah. it makes it scary. Yeah. I don't know. It, it taps into something that scares me. It's the same thing with uh, an episode Daniel hates, Killed by Death. That thing also like some sort of like weird moment that just like gives me the heebie-jeebies in a way that a lot of Buffy monsters well, don't. This episode shares a lot of similarities. With it does. When you go back to the hospital yeah. situation. And- it oh, does. it does. It's called Dirk Hindestad. Oh, is this? It's me. I've got your monster. Where's Giles? Looking up stuff. Well, can you put him on? Hey, I found your guy, okay? Just listen. Right. Oh, goodness gracious. <laughs> Daniel, what, what did you think about the episode? Uh, I'll just put that to number one. Uh, yeah, no, this I thought of Killed by Death almost immediately in that <laughs> the worst Buffy episodes always trot out the scariest demons. Hush is the only example of like a great scary demon that's a good episode. Um, yeah. Usually the scariest ones are fucking trash. They know it's trash. Like this episode blows <laughs> and so does fucking Killed by Death. My 137 of 137. Uh, this episode sucks. Um, I'm more interested in the monks and I can't wait to talk about them a little more. Um, but yeah, for me, it's like, if the monks aren't doing this, then I reject like this episode being created to begin with. So like its existence is at stake here. And if I were uh, in a different realm, I would put this below killed by death. It's that bad, Uh, but it doesn't have any of the emotional ties. Like everything with joy that the best parts of this are of course, the summer sisters and, uh, and Joyce. They're so good in this episode that they don't deserve 137 because they're doing stuff. And like, just think about Kill by Death, Joyce talking about the cousin that Buffy, we never meet this person. It's all a right. joke. It's so funny. I had a great time. We all had a great time making fun of that. This is at least like really scary and really serious. And we know what happens, which makes it even more crazy. But we already did that last week, right? If this was all uh, combined with Shadow, mm. Shadow would have been a great episode. This sucks. And we're just kind of prolonging what we already kind of know. And that's kind of, um, you know, a bummer. So that really sucks. That being said, the ending was great with Ben. Like introducing a little drama with Ben was fucking amazing. Uh, Obviously, the ending with Buffy and Joyce was fucking really gut wrenching. Um, And, uh, you know, I can't wait for what happens, you know, and it's great because at the end, you think Joyce might have like a live or die situation. You don't know if she's actually going to die. And I think that's a really powerful moment. And the fact that she lives and then dies later is a really great one, too. The idea of, oh, we're safe now. We made it. And, and then and then she dies. It's like. Because you don't feel that right here. Gnarly. It feels very scary when she's going away. And that's the last thing we see. And I'm sure the next episode will be like fun and fresh. And we're all hanging out. And she's like, I'm good. I'm better. And then we're like, yay, Joyce, mm-hmm. she lives. 
that you shouldn't eat anymore. You're disgustingly fat. Oops. Yeah. I uh, I think that this was a fine to poor episode of the X-Files. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, it just, like, there was a, a some weird stuff that doesn't normally go in an uh, X-Files episode. Like, there seemed to be some pretty funny jokes and, like, actual chemistry between people. But, like, it was a pretty good episode of Roswell, I would say. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> But that's what I have to say about this episode of Buffy. The well, that Bears. all of the all of these are better because we're talking about season five of Buffy. Like our friends are our friends at the very least. So Anya being there to dunk on stuff is funny. It makes it better. Yeah. Like that's the difference between early, early Buffy, especially if you don't take into the rest of it into account. The chemistry just didn't exist in these early episodes. So this is kind of a hokey, dumb, bullshit episode in a lot of ways. But it just it transcends it because our friends are great. Oh. Buffy, I have this for you. Homework? Oh, I don't believe in tiny Jewish Santa anymore. And a yo-yo. Thank you. There's this really weird dichotomy in this episode where you see Buffy kind of, like, she's always, she's felt comfortable in being, like, the slayer for a while, but this is where you really see her step up as, like, an adult who takes care of situations like the idea of having your mom going through these like weird moments where she's not lucid is like really scary and especially to try to make sure that your like little sister is kind of protected from that it would be really hard to deal with that and that's really like tough and emotional and Sarah Michelle Gellar handles that really well but then on the other hand you have slugs from outer space yeah. and like the army descending uh, the army and descending. Riley making up fake scientific <laughs> terms that don't it's exist a it's a protein alloy yeah. <laughs> like it's so frustrating because then you go back to but and then she's supposed to have this like really sad moment where she's washing the dishes which would be really touching except she puts on the goofiest <laughs> song <laughs> in the entire fucking world <laughs> that's what happens when you die and you weren't a good person <laughs> <laughs> that's one of the levels of hell it's, it's sad forever <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god! Oh, I, I agree. I mean, you're both kind of saying the same thing, which is like this is a this is a season two episode, yeah. But with the emotional yeah. weight of five years of great writing and great yeah. friendship, that's a very succinct way to put it. Yeah, like it's Beautiful. if it weren't for that, and I, I totally agree about the Buffy thing stepping up. I kept like noticing that while watching the episode. I was like, it was three. It feels like three episodes ago, Buffy was complaining about what a brat Dawn was and mm-hmm. like how it's bullshit that the that she gets all the attention and that. Her life is so easy compared to mine to, like, this flip a switch, clearly, that, you know, there's a significant event happening in her life. And she's immediately stepping up, and it's like, I get, I have to be mom now. Like, Joyce isn't even dead, and Buffy, I, you know, I'm sure it's hopeful that that won't happen, but she's already making plans, even if it's not, like, at the forefront of her brain for, like, fuck, I, I'm, my mom's gonna die. Like, yeah. I'm gonna have to take charge. And it's just, like, really, really touching to watch, and that's why this, this season really excels and stands out because I think, you know, getting rid of, of Riley and not making Ben a love interest and really making it about her and Dawn 
adds a dimension to Buffy's character that just like hasn't needed to happen yet and it wouldn't have otherwise happened if she didn't have someone directly responsible for it. I mean, obviously she has her friends to take care of in a way, but this is a totally different relationship and it's just like really cool to see. And yeah, another another Sarah Michelle Geller at the point of crying forever but not actually <laughs> crying. And it's just like incredible. I want to throw, like Christine Sutherland, I said, you know, last week was like I almost a reason to not be mad at Joyce anymore. And Trachtenberg, amazing. Like She called me a thing. She loves you, okay? She's not herself. I told you what the doctor said about the tumor. No, not just mom. People. They keep saying weird stuff about me. Are you talking about the man in the hospital? Call me a thing, too. And there was another one. The weird guy outside the magic shop. Said I didn't belong said I wasn't real. Why does everybody keep doing that? What's wrong with me? It's devastating stuff. It's so good. Once again, like like our, our girl, uh, Tracy Forbes, right, last year, just like, what do you do with this? You have a slug bug coming down from fucking outer space. <laughs> You're fucked. <laughs> you have nothing. You can't fix that. Right? <laughs> You're right, done. Yeah. You have to write around it. You have I know. to write around the fucking aliens. <sighs> and so the more I'm talking about it, I hope to get more riled up back in the opposite direction. But like, I, I want to like forgive it for its sins. I want to bring it up. But I, I know it, it doesn't deserve it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I also think you were right saying that this feels like a continuation of last week's episode, which is damning because there was no content in that fucking episode. No. So it's like you managed to drag out another episode for two episodes. Like, Jesus. And oh. we're basically doing part three next yeah. week. And it, why? Why? This sucks. I mean, I get you, you got to wrap it up. We got to get Joyce better. We got to get Riley the fuck out of here. We got to move it along. But man, we could have done it in 45 minutes. Just. Get well, I think we'll look back more kindly on this when he when she dies. I think we'll look back on this a little more kindly and say it was cool to spend a little time with her. And it's that mysteriousness about how did she die? Why did she die? Um, all this crazy stuff that you don't really understand. And I don't know if the show is ever going to really tell us what's going on with like the monks and all the people that are going crazy. Like, What's your hangout with the monks sucks. this week? I feel like every week it's you're blaming the monks for something else. All right. So... <laughs> I'm just going to lay it out and you guys tell me. Okay. 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 So we, and it, it's not very long, but I, th- this is what I wrote down. So I'm just going to read to you what I wrote and we'll just go from there. Uh, so we have the whole interaction with Dawn uh, where Buffy's explaining to Dawn and Willow about, you know, the brain is being pushed against the skull. That's why she's saying weird things. I'm convinced that the monks understand human physiology and they're like, all right, we're going to cover our asses here and that's what we're going to do to make this thing happen um, because we're monks and we don't want to go to jail. So we're going to make sure that it looks like a, it's not a crime basically. And then per Ben, that's more of a joke, but per Ben, he says the mental ward is booked beyond capacity. And we have that rando yelling at Dawn saying, what is that thing? There's no data. There's no pictures on this one there. What is the data? There's no one in there. Uh, We see the psych ward in detail. Is that a coincidence? I feel like I'm Alex Jones here. (laughs) I feel like I'm like some conspiracy theorist. But like, you know, wouldn't they be tested for tumors? Right? I mean, is this like a super fund event? No, no. Where like everyone's getting 
you're forgetting a very key piece of information. The guy, the, the body we find in the woods with the Queller demon, or rather where the Queller demon used to be, is not a rando. He was in the warehouse and Glory sucked his brain out. Those people, all the people in the mental war that keep showing up, are because they've been brain sucked oh. by Glory, which is why Ben says, I'm cleaning up Glory's mess as I always have. Yes. All right, as a viewer <laughs> of this show, that did not come across. <laughs> because for me... <laughs> they even show no, the previously honestly, on, be- they show Glory brain-sucking that guy. Oh, see, listen, <laughs> as somebody who runs out of the room for that, <laughs> a fuck previously on, show it to me in the... No. Okay, so that really debunks a lot of my stuff. <laughs> Glad we could be out. <laughs> regardless, regard- okay, so everyone's going crazy because Glory's just fucking going nuts on a bunch of people? Yep. Okay, why is Glory doing this to every fucking person she in loses- the world? I don't understand. She loses her sanity because she's not supposed to be in this dimension. Yeah, she has to suck the brains of others to maintain her sanity. Remember when she does it the first time, she has the monk tied up in the warehouse, and she has that guy chained to a pipe. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's the guy. Okay. Yeah, because she's interrogating the monk, and as she's interrogating him, she's starting to spin out and has to suck his brain to, like, okay, recenter and refocus and be normal again. Mm Mm-hmm. Hmm. So she needs to okay. do that every periodically or whenever she has an episode. She has to suck the brain out of somebody to maintain her focus and sanity. That's why the wards are filling up. That's why this is all happening. But I, I mean, I know that you want to dunk on the monks. And it's okay. All, but all right. All right. Dunk. I get it. All right. So for me, <laughs> monk dunk. <laughs> so for me, <laughs> I will say, I will say it, it's not. That's I get that I really do and and doing the previously ons now I kind of feel a little stupid for not paying attention, but like I would assume that Joyce is like one in the same right. So the Queller Demon is coming after everybody who's been impacted by her right by Glory right, but is also going after Joyce. So for me, there's a confusion right there. Why is why are they going after Joyce unless there's something wrong with Joyce right? Well, there is. Joyce right? hasn't been fucking sucked out. She hasn't been fucking. Gloried. No, but she is acting crazy. Like that's the the one little line from Willow when she's talking to Riley in the hospital, and she's like, you know, Joyce was acting a little nuts th- today. Maybe we should get an eye on her. And that's all it is. I think the Queller Demon is just vaguely madness. Whatever thing is acting mad for what, like regardless of the descriptor or what is actually going on, the underlying cause. It's just anyone exhibiting madness. Which it gets real scary because, real quick because like anyone just screaming about well, anything. No, because be there uh, does yeah. there does seem to be a level where all these people see the truth of dawn. True. Even though like right because we've seen multiple crazy people now. Three of them have come up to dawn that have had their brains sucked out by glory and have said some version of you don't exist, you don't belong here. There's no data, you know, like you're not a person. And her mom has the same moment where she was like, this isn't my daughter. Like, I don't know what it was, but I just knew it. Like, I don't. So I don't know. The show's making some really interesting arguments about sanity. It's like these people aren't insane. It's like they're just living in a different reality or something. or something yeah different well, reality there also could be a physiological answer to it right joyce has something wrong with her actual brain and depending on where it is what the actual problem is it could be something physiological that glory's doing too when she whatever she, whatever the brain sucking quote unquote is right it could be physically impacting some kind of part of the brain that not only makes them exhibit madness but like makes them allows them to see dawn 
in, or not. And a that. tumor, maybe a tumor does the same thing. Right, mimics as whatever Glory, glory sucking does. their brain. But the point is, they're not functioning on like a neurotypical. Correct. Yeah. Like yeah. level, they're like on a different level. But it seems to be at least on some level, even if it seems incoherent, tied to reality. Like they aren't just completely babbling about nothing, at least entirely, because they all seem right. all consensus thing about dawn. I can't. I, I, I can't stay here waiting for two days for this operation. I just can't. It makes my head hurt to be here. Can't you tell that? Joyce, there's no reason to get upset. No reason to get upset? Oh, right. Sorry. I must just think there is because of my brain tumor. Is Ben our friend or not? Because at the end where he's like, I'm trying to clean up Glory's mess. I, Me as a viewer watching and saying that Joyce is one and the same with uh, the rest of the people. I was like, is Ben trying to murder Joyce? Like, sub- <laughs> or sub- yeah, basically, right? Because I was like, doesn't this play into their hands, right? Everybody is basically saying, there's the key. There's the key. Wouldn't Ben and Glory want that? Right? Like, they don't, here's a fucking know, siren like, okay, song. That's a good point. I know, I know. They don't know that. I realize now what you're saying, that they don't know that this is happening and that the key is being revealed by the people she's sucking the brains out of. I I get that. But for me as a viewer, I didn't... I was like, if Ben knows that the people's brains are wrong, and i.e. he's the intern, he knows Joyce's brain is wrong, in my head he sent the demon after Joyce to suck her brain out or kill her or whatever to either silence her because he's working with glory or he knew Buffy would take care of it. And like, he's, he's like placating glory. Like that's the thing. I don't really know what his motivations are, but when he's like, I did this for me, I'm like, Oh fuck. This guy's like making moves. Like he's trying to do something. He's a real character. I don't, I don't know. That was all very confusing to me. Now that you guys are saying all that stuff, I realize a lot of the things I was thinking are really wrong, clearly, because <laughs> uh, I didn't I didn't know that they were having their brains sucked out. Yeah, so I'm an idiot. Okay, so the the Ben and Glory thing specifically. So Ben does not know what Glory is doing, and vice versa. Glory is aware that crazy people the the like it's a fun side effect and extra bonus for her that they can see the key. She knows that they can see the key because that's how she finds oh. out that Dawn is the key to begin with. Because Tara, once she's had her brain sucked out. Glory busts into the room while Dawn is there, and Tara goes, "Key, so shiny, so bright." And Glory's like, "Oh yeah!" <laughs> so that's that. Glory knows that they they have the power to do that, uh, but Ben doesn't. The whole and that's I wanted to ask you both about this because how fucked up Ben only summoned the Queller Demon to kill. The mental patients, he did that on purpose because his of his little, I'm going to be the moral arbiter of who gets taken care of, fucking crazy ableist bullshit, better they die than be a drain on the system. That's the whole reason he did that was so that the NHS, if we were in England, I have to reference that because we don't have a socialized system of medicine here. If the NHS is going to be drained because of all these mental patients and no one can take care of them, better they die. And like that is fucked up he is a villain in his own right does he say that later because like i didn't get that per se from this show No, that was the, the implication okay. i mean because the only interaction we have with him with buffy is him being like yeah the the mental wards are overloaded and their family can't take care of them and this is a huge problem and then obviously we get the admission that he's the one that summoned the demon to what end if not to kill them right so well, yeah, definitely to kill them. I I know. I guess that's a point I haven't really thought about. 
because yeah, yeah really i mean about it either because like i guess killing him sure i don't think he cares about the system i don't think that's really a motive well i guess I, again i don't really know much about ben clearly didn't know who ben was but um <laughs> you know i don't know what his motivation could possibly be uh but i'm sure it's not to take a load off the american healthcare system right no, no, no. i mean but there must be families, something he's, happening he's doing the, a kindness he's putting because he knows that they're fucked up beyond recognition out. yeah yeah totally okay because he knows they're never going to get better because well that that kind of throws a wrench too because he knows glory's the cause so he knows some stuff about glory like why would he know that glory's the reason that that's happening but he must have found out somehow. I mean, he clearly knows. He and he knows who the little minion is. Yeah, I'm sure he has some info about Glory. He just, you know, he does. He he doesn't have like co consciousness with her, so he's not around looking through her eyes when she's the one moving the body around. But okay, so we also get confirmation. We we interact so little with Ben in this episode, but we get a lot of information about him. Not only do yeah. we know that he thinks that people with mental illness are beyond help and should be put to sleep, but also we find out that Glory has been around since he was little. And that's something we had a question about before was like, when did she take over his body? When did this start happening? Was Glory a little baby? Like girl, when Ben was little and it's toddling like- around in diapers. But as a viewer, I don't I, like. I don't know any of that. I mean, I really am in the dark. I'm not even kidding you. I have no fucking clue what's going on with Ben and Glory. So I'm. I can. I cannot express how good I am as like a ca- test case on your theories because you can say that all day, but I have. There is zero indication of all of that. In fact, I would say just to glory to, to Ben's credit, if he if they are like infected or whatever fucking demon bullshit, I get why he would do that but again i think watching this that he's a bad guy yeah we have two gods competing against one another yeah the end was clearly like a mislead of what ben's motivations are we're supposed to think he's a bad guy he's dealing with this bad guy who hangs out well he's dealing with somebody who hangs out with glory and he just summoned a demon to kill people i mean it doesn't look great it does leave you wondering what his deal is with the whole thing and does he have like negative intentions towards buffy it's strange a body might ask what exactly it is you think you're doing. He might ask what all this was meant to accomplish. Because to a humble postulant, it looks like chaos. Like unnecessary attention drawn where it ought not to be. Get out. Sir. Sir, forgive me. I just want to understand why summon the Queller? What do you think? Because I'm cleaning up Lori's mess. Just like I've done my whole damn life. I don't, I mean, I never thought like, oh, is he a god too? I kind of always thought like he must be working for glory or something. And he says the line about like, since we were kids. So it makes it seem like almost like they're brother and sister or like they they grew up together. Kind of play their relationship anyway, which I don't think is genuine. Yeah, but it is fun to have that like question. Yeah. No, it was good. Yeah. Because I thought we were going to get the reveal in this episode, but we didn't. He's he's definitely not uh, a god. He's just a person, which is why Glory's able to be killed in the end, because Giles kills Ben. She kills the human vessel. Because if if he if Ben wasn't Ben at the time, if he was, they can't kill Glory, which is why she's so menacing. It's it's Ben is the only weakness. Well, I was going to say, as we go on, I feel like um, 
I'm going to get disproven on the monks time and time again. And it's going to be really frustrating. <laughs> so if I just, uh, you know, just sign out at some point, don't worry about it. Just continue on in my absence. Um, this is fruitless. Honestly, it's fucked up. I don't know why I keep going. <laughs> I spent so much time. I just, I just, I'm, I fucking wrote all this stuff out and it means nothing. <laughs> It's just awful. It's awful. I'm sorry. I'm sorry you had a fun No, it's all good. You're totally right. I just didn't know. <laughs> I thought I, I had it. once before, and it was great, too. Like, <sighs> oh, yeah, he thought Tara was actually a demon or something, right? Was yeah. It? Yeah, like with the remember. sand and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I was like, for, or something. I forget what it was, but. <laughs> Wonderful, though. Um, I was curious, since, I mean, Ben did summon a demon to kill people, if Buffy knew that Ben was the the cause behind it because they all assume it was Glory, which is fair because like at the yeah. the library scene they're like you know our favorite new demon summoner because she just summoned a snake last week they assume it's Glory. Would Buffy do something to Ben? Like he's just a human and he he murdered people but he used a demon to do it. So it's like walking this line between demon world and people world because like you could turn him into the cops but you can't really because it was a demon that killed them. So would she take matters into her own hands or do something? I mean, she's been very clear up to this point that you don't kill humans. Right. But, like, we she, need a... She hasn't killed Ethan Rain. But she'd have to fight him to know that he's not a god, right? Because, like, she f- just straight up fought Glory. And I think she killed Glory if she could because she knows she's supernatural, sure. right? Right. So I feel like just, like, I mean, deck Ben. And if he goes down, you're like, all right, well... Let's tie this I guy. feel like Ben is the perfect um, and possibly only time to call the initiative and be like, "Yo, yeah. well, supernatural really jail." Ethan Rain, Ethan exactly. Rain ended up, he's rotting in an initiative jail, which means if it was filled in with concrete, which we know it wasn't, but oh, if it was, then Ethan Rain would have. Oh. Is that is that no. their jail though, or is that just where they did experiments? Yeah, that's true. Or the other thought, the only other thought is uh, the council. Yeah. Oh, God. they could actually handle it. Inept. Of course, they can't though functions yeah, of, of society no, come on they cannot the do it i'd call the initiative i wouldn't call either one of them graham come on are you kidding me riley's running the show he's just a rando oh my god speaking of the initiative they were in this episode we spent money on a helicopter it happened i loved it i but know it was amazing they ended up doing absolutely nothing they didn't stop the demon Dagger they didn't counter. save anyone lives. They didn't do protein alkaloid. <laughs> no good, Major. This alkaloid's breaking down at an accelerated rate. It's dissolving too fast to track. You got a better idea? Thing came from space. Got to be some trace radiation. We have Geiger counters in the packs. Shouldn't be too much background gamma noise out here. Break them out. This, but the, and we, and you know what? We're gonna get another scene out of it next week. Actually, factually, I bet they shot that scene during this shoot so that they only had to yeah, press because sure. it's like the same surrounding. And every, oh my god, <laughs> we'll look forward to seeing this exact scene next week. <laughs> Cannot <laughs> oh my wait. God. Uh, I mean, Spike was also in this episode and did not need to be in this episode, but unbelievable. And also, just like that part, that part pissed me off a lot with like the Queller Demon. Um, how did it get into places? Annoyed the fuck out of me. Like the whole existence of the Queller Demon is really annoying to me. Because it's a killer snot monster from outer space. Well, I I hate the fact that he was in this episode. Yet another episode where Spike is just hamfistedly thrown in there for no reason. It's for Riley. It's for Riley. I mean, I, it's just to reinforce yeah. the. 
you missed out on here, baby, because I, you know, fucked up this guy with your girl. I guess. Basically fucked your girl. So. <laughs> One underlying Spike's new evolving creepy obsession with her. Yeah. Because you get that line where she said, are those photos of me or whatever? Yeah. Oh, God. He just watches her kill that demon. It's, yeah, he just stands just, there. Like the whole time she's stabbing that demon, he's he's just jerking st- off in the corner. No! <laughs> that's what he's doing. No, he is. Riley he was shows jerking up off and downstairs. Spike's like, yeah, you just missed a great show. <laughs> no. Yeah. Oh, uh, but he did make me ask the question because one of the only lines he says is, uh, "Yeah, of course I was stealing stuff out of your basement. I can't exactly get a job at the burger barn." And it made me think: Couldn't vampires? I mean, they wouldn't, right? Because they're too cool, and they're like, "We steal, we don't work." But like theoretically, they could get a job working nights somewhere, right? I mean, like they could forge ID or do whatever they need. But you could. Yeah. But why would you, unless you had a chip in your head that prevented you from killing and eating people and stealing all their money? I mean, that sounds like a great reason to get a job at the burger barn. So shame <laughs> on you, Spike. Shame on you. Just to go back, sorry to your uh, standing around not fighting the demon. Demons are one thing, right? Could he not fight the extraterrestrial? Is that also no, out of bounds? Totally, totally like, no, he totally could have. No, no, he. Just I mean, he did throw the mu- he threw the knife pretty cool. That was pretty awesome. Yeah, Buffy, here you go. I mean, it was fun. I mean, we've definitely done that scene with other people before, like screaming Buffy and throwing like a stake to her or a knife to her. So I think that was a like. I mean, it wasn't intentional, but it's that's a a little nod to like Spike is a friend. Spike is friends because friends throw weapons to Buffy. <laughs> I would have put this up one extra point if Buffy dropped the knife or like recoiled and was like, what the fuck? <laughs> Don't throw, throw a, a knife fucking knife. And then picks up the, the knife the and then fucking. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, okay. Or no, picks up the knife and then kills the demon because it's not really a big deal. Oh. You could have handed me the knife, Spike. Wow. Um, unless either of you have anything else to say that isn't yelling, which we've basically devolved into anyway. Want to be yelling? Yeah, we have. That's fine. Okay, great. I wish that someone had bothered to tell me that there would be tennis being played. I just didn't know. Those eyes. Those eyes. They're like gasoline puddles. Tell me. Tell me because I need to know why. Why are you staring at me like that? Uh, let's... Let's, you know, add some structure to this show. And instead of randomly talking about stuff, let's yell about random things. Totally different vibe. Stacia, you want to go first? Um, That was an adorable rooftop lesbian snuggle scene. Oh, oh. I would watch that for an hour. Right? It's cute. Why don't we just watch that? It's Why can't that fuck. be the episode? Why can't that be this episode and the previous episode? Man. Better show. I looked up the light pollution in Santa Barbara, however, and it looks like where they were, (laughs) they would not have a really good shot. So in 1997, they passed ordinance number 5035. Uh, It's an ordinance of the city council of Santa Barbara amending title 22 of their municipal code regarding the regulation of outdoor lighting fixtures for the purpose of minimizing light pollution and eliminating nuisance lighting. Uh, It seemed to have worked over, well, this would have only been about three years or so. But if you look at a, a, there's a website called Clear Dark Sky, where you can look at where you live. And Santa Barbara is covered in minimal light. So at the very least, depending on where they live outside, obviously in the ocean, you have clear, black, perfect skies. But they're not getting that good. No, no way. Sorry. Not to mention, 
I think the shots of that the fake night sky were really rough. We could have definitely skipped that. We could have gotten the vibe because I didn't see what the hell Tara was talking about. So what purpose did that serve? Unless they were going to do some bullshit, that would have been really silly too, and actually outline what she was talking about. There was no reason to do that. It looked terrible. It didn't make any sense. That would have been cute. They could have had a little witch moment where she was like, look, and then she just draws a little sparkler. And that's all we needed. Great. Now we have a reason to have this terrible shot. That would have been great, but no. Uh, And also a terribly long scene. It's the only time I've ever been like, this isn't stopping. It's still <laughs> Okay, going guys, on. this started I've with never how great it was, before. and all you're doing is shitting on no, it. No, I think that it was great. I think it's really cute that they had a date on a roof. Like, all the They're so cute. cute. But the shots of the sky, holy moly, real oh, bad. Tough stuff. Uh, Dawn coming out with some hardcore Jello propaganda about the horse hooves and stuff. So in 2017, I've heard this before, actually. Yeah, is it? I thought it was. And it is true. Yeah, it's made out of cow hooves, right? What? Yeah. Yeah. Well, hooves are not in there. So in order to make commercial grade gelatin, bones and hides of cows and pigs are boiled, cured, and treated in acid and alkali, uh, which makes it into a 100% protein. However, the horse hooves cannot be broken down. Uh, They're made of creatine, so they are not involved in any way. Oh, okay. Uh, and this was still a thing. 2017 is the latest article I found when I Googled it. Because I heard this when I was a yeah, kid. Yeah, me too. I mean, everyone's heard that. That's why vegans are like, every time I've ever heard a vegan say they don't eat Jello or, or, or gummy worms or anything is because there's hooves in it. Yeah, but it is. Uh, the, the bones of cows and pigs over a multi-week po- like- process until the collagen has been thoroughly hydrolyzed, dried, ground, and sifted into powder. You know... That's not the most upsetting part about that scene. The most upsetting part is that Dawn is eating the jello with her hands. Doesn't everyone eat jello with their hands? Oh my god. Oh my god. It, what what else what else ridiculous thing did she do in this episode that made us what made you say <laughs> it's not her fault she wasn't? She ready. was sitting on the bed with Shoes on. <laughs> oh my god, that's right. Okay, so between her eating jello with her hands and her sitting on the bed with her shoes on, say she was like it's I said she's a monster. It's not her fault. No one raised her. No one raised her. <laughs> she's not real. She's <laughs> 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 like the best Dawn Duck of all time. She's a monster, but it's not her fault. <laughs> the monks did their best. They don't know social protocols. I bet it's not even hooked up to anything. Just like the push buttons at the crosswalk that are supposed to make the signal change. I'm sure someone's... Wait, the push buttons aren't hooked up to anything. Oh, my God. The Joyce Crosswalk conspiracy. I don't think that was the brains mm. we're talking. I think that's some bullshit that Joyce firmly believes <laughs> that the crosswalks so aren't real. She thinks that's totally... Yeah. According to the New York Times, in 2004, the city deactivated most pedestrian buttons long ago. What? With the emergence of computer-controlled traffic signals, more than 2,500 of the 30... 200 the third 3250 walk buttons that were in place at the time were mechanical placebos today as of 2016 the article was 2018 maybe uh there are 120 working signals abc news reported in 2010 uh that it found only one functioning crosswalk in a survey of austin gainesville florida and syracuse new york 
What? But apparently the reason why in New York is it was so expensive to take them out. So I think new ones that get made, maybe outside of our house, where you press yeah. it and it goes, I think that it, yeah. there's a different system now. I mean, I'm just saying, in, in like in New York, it's not, it's not totally, she's not totally lying is what I'm saying. Man, I came in here hot, ready to roll all over Joyce and she was- I know. She was telling the truth. I should have said it. Um, after they find the body with the goo in his mouth and Riley's like, you go away. And I, I love crime scenes. I was joking to Kelly. New character alert. I was joking to Kelly. He only has one mode army. He's about to call the initiative thinking he was not just as a joke. And he immediately was like, hello, Sergeant. (laughs) (laughs) I was just like, are you fucking kidding me, Riley? You really do only (sighs) have one mode. Oh my god. They torpedoed a character in one episode. I mean, it's incredible. I mean, he's been on the slow decline, but Jesus Christ, not only with the fucking vampire shit, but like a getting on the phone to Graham and then it was amazing. It was just tour de force. I know. A part of the reason I hate this episode yeah. too is that after the commandos yeah. broke into the fucking house and saw the space alien bug. We then cut to Joyce in the hospital the next day. Riley is there. They would have absolutely had a conversation. We don't get to see what happened in that interim. What did the people do? Did they take the bug away? Was Buffy like, this is great. You called the army. The initiative lives. Like what was the deal there? He's also not wearing his turtleneck anymore. It's like a, it's like a low turtleneck. So he's like, I don't even care that you see my bites. I don't give a shit. It's tough. Well, the damning end of that, that part of that scene is when Riley bursts in with all the initiative people. She doesn't even acknowledge him. She immediately runs away to check on her mom, which is fantastic. So he's right. He's right to not even cover up his neck. What are you talking? Why are you constantly fighting for Riley? He's a dirty cheater. And of course she's going to check on her cancel- cancer-riddled mother who was just attacked by a, a snot monster from outer space. Yes. I'm not- Riley's clearly fine. I'm not defending him. He called the army. I would be pissed too. Do you think Buffy would be pissed though? Because if Buffy was pissed, he wouldn't. He shouldn't be here in this moment right here. He shouldn't be there at the end. They, they, she would fucking be like, "Bitch, you're done. We're done." I mean, it is bizarre because you would think that she would be like, "You should have told me you were calling the army." Yeah, and bringing them. I had yes this covered. Why don't you trust me? Like, you're being weird and shady. Well, even, like, my mom's having a fucking episode, and you just brought the army, army. into my house. Yep. What is wrong with you? <laughs> like, yeah, that's that's bad. That's what, but it's it, but it, we don't also, actually have that combo. completely we ineffectual. Just, yeah, totally. Oh, they didn't, yeah. Because Buffy had it handled. Yeah, they did nothing. As I restate my point, the initiative absolutely did nothing in this episode. So, so we'll just figure this out ourselves. We're experienced. Yes, because seems like we're always dealing with creatures from outer space except that we don't ever do that um i love the world where the scooby-doos no the scoobies uh are there (laughs) uh at the fucking alien landing before the sunnydale pd which lol they wouldn't be there because they don't exist but the fbi the cia the (laughs) dod i think we're a little before 9-11 so from like LA Willow was like two blocks away. They oh my fly God. In. I, I mean that was driving me nuts. Not only were they not there first, they never came 
because Riley was there for what he had time to call the army, and the army had time to come to him. Yeah, of I know. course, and the army. No the army called up. the FBI and was like, "Yo, dog, we got this handled." <laughs> My, I mean, you can sit back. The most <laughs> egregious part of it for me, and I'm sorry, Kelly, was Tara saying, "Let's look around." See if we can see where it went <laughs> as if she's a fucking tracker. And I know they're trying to rewrite this character as last week they like remade Tara, but come on. Yep. Bro. Yeah, I know. Every time she has a line that's that doesn't tough. need to be said that's just there for like weird color, I'm just like, don't forget, Tara's a character. Twice. Right. Oh, I got another one coming, so don't worry. Oh my god! Why is every light on the in the summer's house on? Why is every light on? They've been gone for days, and they just left every light on. The opposite of that. I love Buffy. This is why Santa Barbara has light pollution. By the way, yeah, exactly. Also, Buffy, and the opposite of that, Buffy doing the fucking dishes in the dark. Joyce is not in the kitchen. Turn on the light. God, it's just bad. Light, not necessary to do dishes, loud mariachi mu- music, absolutely essential. Oh, yeah. I mean, that would be a terrible combo. Not only are you listening to that horrendous fake music on a loop, but you're doing it with a light blaring in your eyes. That's the um, yeah, that's true. music that's going to lead us out of this episode, right? Oh, please, God, if I, I could find it. I bet you can't it. find it. I bet you can't find it. There's no way it's a real song. It's not a real song. I have two thoughts about wardrobes. Yes. One, what the fuck is Buffy wearing? This is the most un-Buffy outfit I think we ever see, including her sad overalls. Yeah, the plaid shirt. Oh. It's very it's strange. very Farmer Joe, let's do a hoedown moment. I don't know. And she's worn tank tops before, but the, the tank top she's wearing at the end is just a regular A-frame tank top that you get like three to a pack or whatever at Walmart. The first one, I hate. The second one, I love the thought that... Tara went to her closet and she thought, what do I wear to support my friend on the day her cancer-ridden mother is going into surgery? And what she pulls out is a purple zebra-stringed crop top and decides to pair it with pigtails. She's like, this is the best outfit I can wear to the hospital to support my friend. It conveys solemnity. It conveys (laughs) empathy. But yeah, Tara's outfit is inexcusable and inappropriate. Kind of looks like a toned down, willified version of her vamp outfit. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it does. But yeah, it's uh, Tara. What what a character that she's she's turning out to be. I mean, I think she's taking cues from Buffy. Buffy is definitely also, there's not a lot of solemnity going on here, except for Riley. Riley is the most. Dignified of our characters here. Maybe maybe Giles too. We can't see them, but Oh, Winnie. No. No. I have not missed the bark. She's just getting worse by the day. There's a dog next they door that kind of barks. Chill. And I'm like, oh no. Oh no. Your life. You can't escape it. You I can't want to. I tried to. Uh, drove across the country just to get away from barking dogs i mean tell her that (laughs) she needs to know that people will go to great lengths to get away from her yeah it's pretty bad anyway not june though not june uh i uh when giles after they find the body he says we should explore head into the woods a bit right and earlier in the episode, they say something about a shadow. Or Joyce says, you're nothing shadow. but a shadow. I know. I love that. Good stuff. Holy moly. Well done, guys. Well done. Don't touch me. You, you thing. Mom, please. Get away from me. 
You're nothing. You're, you're a shadow. Mom, I don't know what you are, how you got here. Mom, it's done. Done? Honey, what's wrong? So another thing about Ben clearly thinking that death is the only answer for anyone who has mental illness, he, when Buffy and, and Don are approached by the guy who had his brain sucked, the security guard that we were all supposed to recognize and be like, this is what's going on with the show. But then sometimes some people don't know that's what's happening. Uh, she, he says, was that guy bothering you in the way that like a dude at a bar mm. would say, like, get all macho to his girlfriend? Like, was that dude fucking bothering you? It's like, whoa, the way that he reacted to was some a mental health patient having a crisis was completely unacceptable. And I think that that brooks no argument that that dude is bad. He's bad. Well, He's it's a patient issue with people that. Yeah. Yeah. So why the fuck would you say that like that and get defensive? Like, was that too bothering you? Because I'll kill him for you. And then he does. Well, I had a three-point argument to that. You it, like he comes over and he's just like, "Hey, you know, I guess I missed it. Was he bothering you?" And I was like, "Number one, you missed it because it's uh, not your fucking life. So get the fuck out of our face. Like, <laughs> you're not in our business." Number two, he's a patient, therefore he cannot be a bother. You're a dickhead. And number three, he asked what he was saying to Don as if that's like any of his business again. Like, is this? I didn't write it down, but. Uh, is this the episode where we see Riley getting like sucked on by a random vampire? Yes. Ooh, and a crack den girl. And yeah, he's just do. like, I am so bad. And we see, we'll see it again in the next episode. I because know. Buffy bursts in on him in the next one. Yeah. And then I was just like, oh, he's cheating on her again. And oh, then Kelly sure was like, is he? <laughs> I did. I don't know why you're constantly defending Riley, that. but like, ugh. we stand Joyce and Riley. That's me. That's Kelly. I don't. MVPs. <laughs> I really feel good about that. I know, right? Daniel? Uh, Dawn's room update. She's lost the dog poster for no reason parental at all. Parental advisory, homie. But parental advisory, which Joyce seemingly bought her, which makes no sense. Hate the show. <laughs> also, I love that she put it on the corner, which is like exactly what I would do when I was 11. So that's awesome. Really? Yeah. So that's that fucking like awesome. Weird spot. Yeah, just because it's <laughs> fucked up. I mean, it's also really plain, so you got to kind of make it more fun. So I respect it. I, I know it wasn't her as a character doing it, but whoever the set designers are, they really tapped into something there. I appreciate that. <laughs> I love it. At, at the beginning of this show, I was really on board with the musical tastes of the people picking the music. And I think it kind of ran the gamut between like, well, I know for a fact, Joss Whedon would sometimes see a band in L.A. that he liked, so he would throw them in the show like sprung monkey was one that he saw and, and a couple others and like chibamato i love great right. uh, but as the show is goes on and we'll continue to have this uh the music as witnessed in this episode if you can call it as such is horrible and the poster so so i think that this is just there's no continuity with yeah. music or music taste it just happens to our friends they don't actually have any of their own they certainly don't have anything cohesive in their tastes and it's just it's all a lie so this parental advisory poster is just another lie it a is of lies. and this the room seems even more bare than it did before it's almost like a different set has taken over it's tough so oh yeah yeah Almost yeah, like they, they had to take it props, off. Their poster props. Something yeah. like, and we're filming from back where we kind of weren't doing that before. So I wonder what happened to everything. I don't know, oh weird. yeah, maybe it is a different set. I mean, I don't. Again, I I don't like to give too much credit, but maybe this is all intentional because 
Because Dawn, Dawn took down know, the dog poster? Through. Yeah, man. Th- there's been a shift. Clearly, there's been a shift <laughs> within Buffy. There's been a shift within Dawn. She's about to do some hero shit. We- Dawn does great in this episode. Yeah. She saves her mom's life. But why does the dog poster represent her fucking shift to heroism? Because you have to leave dog posters behind. It's not just Tara saying all that dumb stuff in the woods. I don't know why this sent me off in this episode. I think it's just because it was a really boring episode. But when they were in the fucking library and Tara is like, we scoured the international periodicals for what happened in the last week. I was like, bitch, you didn't do anything. I cannot stress enough that this makes a mockery of anyone who does any type of research on any level that these kids can do this shit by pulling Meteor and you off of a fucking shelf and like they can solve international mysteries. It's truly an abomination and the storytelling is uh, is about right. With, like, the level of this episode, honestly. It's just, I'd rather have Giles, like, rely on his deep, vast knowledge of all this research, quote-unquote, that he's done. But it's just bullshit. And then fucking Willow on the computer, and she's like, I'm on Wikipedia. And then she's just like, I'm looking in history right now. And it's like, what? Did you, like, hit the tab for history? Like, what are you talking about? (laughs) Fucking hate it. Like, just imagine you trying to explain that event like you just told us. And I was like, hey, Stacia, tell me about, like, the political situation there. You would have to, like, you can't just hit a tab that's like, oh, I'm in the history of the tungsten event or whatever. And it's like, no. No. Willow, we can assume through magic because she is a magic person. No. Is able to immediately nope, synthesize the exact information she needs just by glancing at a Wikipedia page about an unrelated event. It's just a fact. I, d- I can't. I won't. Uh, I think this episode and the prior ones have definitely cemented Tara must be high all the time. She's high. It's the only explanation for a lot of the things that she says <laughs> and the way that she behaves. Let's track Plus it. The fact that her <laughs> mouth is open all the time inexplicably <laughs> and that she wore a zebra print shirt. To the diagnosis of her friends, or like to the surgery of her friend's mom. But we love her. I think, well, I mean, yeah, this, no shade. Although I did love her throwing shade at Xander, like, Xander's little book was right. (laughs) (laughs) Nice, nice, subtle, and nice. Uh, I think that her and Anya, when they went to research the international periodicals, just went and smoked a J and came back. Oh, hell yeah. (laughs) They did not look up (laughs) shit. I love that idea. <laughs> Anya would be so down. She would love it. Absolutely. Okay. Well, <laughs> I think that it's about time that I let everybody who can hear me know that we're a real podcast. And you can find us everywhere at Beat Me Pod. Hey, that's Twitter, Tumblr, Instagram. We also have a handy website, beatmepod.wordpress.com, that contains all kinds of notes and fun stuff that you can find about our podcast here. And if you like music, like the beautiful song that's in this episode, maybe if you're lucky, you can go to Spotify and I've created a playlist there. It's called beat me hyphen fun time playlist for podcast fans season five. And that'll contain all music featured in the show. And dear God, fingers crossed the one particular song featured in this show, as well as all music that is played on our podcast here. That's available on Spotify. So check that out. If you're into such things. Oh, I feel just like Santa Claus, except thinner and younger and female and well, Jewish. (laughs) But on to the real important stuff. Daniel, I need to be updated on our watches. 
Very easy. Xander Construction Outfit Watch, no. Maroon Jacket, no. I was hoping somebody would wear it as Joyce said goodbye, um, but no one did. Um, Dawn's Piercing Screams, yes. Yeah, yeah. And she was very justified in that. Chips Ahoy, no. But we did see Spike. Uh, Buffy has a personality, no. The Hoffman Watch. I mean, maybe. Frighteningly, maybe. Maybe she was really into that song. She didn't turn it off. Oh, God. I mean, I didn't even consider for a moment that was real. I mean, she did fair. She didn't turn it off, but she needed to cry. I think that was more the point. Uh, De Hoffern Watch, no. Sandy Watch, never again, but she was in the previously on. I know. So important. Oh, so you did watch that. <laughs> wow. Wow. <laughs> I'm sorry. Blasting. Um, Michael Wicca, Amy Goth watch. I say yes only because of the cute spell book that was given to Dawn. That was really adorable. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But otherwise, I mean, not really. Although Willow on the net is pretty great. I think I was more just like, yeah, let's get it. So I'm going to give her, I'm going to give him that. Books a Million, Meteor and You is excellent. Uh, lots of other books. We had to go to the library for no reason. I hate it. Um, Streets Ahead, no. Giles Biggest KO, the motherfucker got punched by that vampire, that bodybuilding vampire. Fucking dope. Oh, yeah, the two super bodybuilding vampire ladies. Which was great. I loved all of that. It was great. I loved the fighting. I love Willow, like, weak in the knees, like, very funny stuff. Yeah, the, uh, one of the vampires does, like, a a move that I don't know if I've ever seen anybody, definitely not on the show, but maybe only in wrestling, where she uh, put her hands together, like she held her hands clasped tight and then punched with it. It was so cool. It was like it's as if she was holding like a two-handed sword or something, but then just punched with it. It was very neat. Yeah. That's <laughs> a cool scene. Well, thank you for updating the watches. Uneventful week, again, except for possibly a very troubling look into Buffy's musical taste. <laughs> uh, but I think... It is finally time to rank this sucker. Uh, speaking about Willow, talk you know, looking at the net, we can't can't not count that for our Willow hacks slash we talk about the net slash something wicked this way comes. Yeah, oh my gosh. So, but that's about all we do. And that even that is another kind of callback ish to our earlier seasons. I feel like this was such a season two moment. Everybody gathered around the computers in the library. Like holy moly, this this is killed by death season five version wow anyway i gave her a six i gave the category a six because while we do use computers there's really nothing else there's no magic and it's just that one scene so giles level of giles again i guess all this was just nostalgia because it felt so season two-y that i i had to give him a seven because he's like rallying the troops and we're organizing for our research although we kept going Unlike season two, we kept saying, I want to call Buffy. I mean, Willow says that no less than three times in this episode. I want to call Buffy. We need Buffy because we can't function without Buffy. And it's like, you guys used to do this all the time. Do you remember seasons one through three where the whole time you just hung out in the library researching right. stuff? And suddenly you guys don't know how to do that? Come on. I know it's been a while, but damn. Uh, but I, it was just, it was fun to see Giles patrolling with, with Willow and Xander and, and getting beat up. It was neat. Hmm. So I gave him a seven. Okay. Now... Joyce is a terrible mom. Is becoming a tenuous category, <laughs> as I knew. I it mean, would, it's tough but... now because she's she was trying to make breakfast in the middle of the night. That's yeah. tough look for her. <laughs> she's trying to feed her children, but don't ever forget this season special slash Riley ruins everything. So, in this episode, all of her negative behaviors can be attributed to her actual brain tumor. Okay, fair enough. What we can 
can't take away is the really touching scene at the end, which is the most incredible moment, not only for Christine. Well, there's two outstanding Christine Sutherland moments in this episode. Her on the bed, that was so legit crazy. The way she was able to do that thousand yard stare and really make you feel like she was like looking, not looking at something. That was really like, that was a scary moment. I wish that someone had bothered to tell me that there would be tennis being played. I just didn't know. Those eyes. Those eyes, they're like gasoline puddles. Tell me. Tell me because I need to know why. Why are you staring at me like that? Uh, and, and then her at the end with Sarah Michelle Gellar, both like doing their intense, you know, kind of cry acting was just really, really good. And that scene specifically, since this category started in earnest as actually being what it's called, which is Joyce is a terrible mom. I think she gets a ton of points for saying, you know, my strong, beautiful Buffy, you're just like, you're amazing. And I'm in for possibly the first time ever verbalizing that. I think you're a great and amazing and and wonderful person. Uh, So you can't, you can't take that away from her. Well, and she says that you need to treat Dawn like I would treat you. You're as precious I know. as Dawn. Like that, like uh, that whole scene like broke me up. That was so good. It didn't deserve to be in this shit ass episode. Also for, a, I could not help for a second being unkind and being like, oh, if she's going to treat her like she treats Dawn, the bar is real. Or no, I want you to treat Dawn like I've treated you. That bar is, bar is well, real. Yeah. Bar is real. <laughs> Let's like <laughs> let's let's ignore yeah, that. I part. mean, that, that obviously, I think this is a highlight episode for Joyce, and I don't want to take that away. But you know who does want to take that away? Riley. Riley was yeah. Riley was bad. He was bad. New character alert, Detective Riley. Look, I know Riley was in the initiative, and he was like a unit commander or whatever. But the dude, as far as I can tell, was never one who had a scientific mobile lab of any kind who could identify these fake proteins and like gamma signatures. The dude basically was like, "Graham, you go here." Hey, here's a shiny thing. Professional Walls told me what to do. He was never this person before. He was never a detective before. So I was like, what the fuck? So not to mention he, the continuous cheating, having the army come into Buffy's house unannounced, calling the initiative to begin with, lying to everybody. Not a great look. So he definitely brings down the category. I ended up with a six. The only positive is Joyce, which can you let's cast our minds back wow. to every episode before this. The only positive was Joyce. <laughs> Do you need validation? <laughs> no, I'm just saying. What? How far she's come? How far Joyce has come? Yeah, it only took a brain tumor. <laughs> Look, we can only be. That was a Stacia level <laughs> That's joke. That's an uh, interesting that argument Stacia that joke. this isn't even real. It's just the tumor talking. Oh no! <laughs> no! Don't take this away from her. <laughs> Oh, shit. Okay. Monster of the Week. Um, I hate the alien thing. I, I don't know. I Love, just... hate, or hate, hate? No, 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 no. Not, not, sorry. I hate aliens being in this show. Not, not like this particular mm-hmm. Queller demon, but I don't need space. I don't need space in this. I love sci-fi. I don't want it in this show. I don't need the concept of aliens in this show. That's too much. Doesn't that happen in the comics? Oh, I, the comics are buckwild. That's, that, that's, yeah, that's a whole nother thing. Mm. As we've pointed out... While it's mostly goofy, there's something it, it is creepy about this thing. And and because of Christine Sutherland, there are some legit scary moments. So I gave it a four. Oh, wow. no, five. Five is what I said. That's what I meant. Uh, relationship Amazing. goodness or badness. <laughs> All our friends are doing great. But you know who's not doing great? Riley and Buffy. And you know who's also not doing great because they're really fucking sad? The Summers. 
all of them are having a bad time. So. Oh, but they're but they're also building I know, a but bond. We, we're having a lot of heartache, so I'm going to give it a four. We're taking care of each other. Everyone's real sad. Everyone's just sad. trying real oh, hard no. to make this episode bad. Take the stats, as is I'm, my prerogative. As you should. Uh, episode. What'd uh, you four, give it? Four for relationship goodness or badness because people are sad. People be sad. That doesn't have anything to do with the strength yeah. of your relationship. Doesn't matter. Episode specific. <laughs> um. I would like the episode specific to be that terrible music on a loop. I can't say it enough. But if I have to go with a quote, because I've said it, I do. My quote is, yep, Space Lamb got him. Uh, Thank you, Anya. Four out of ten. And that gives us a 32 overall. Seven of eight for the season. Right beneath, out of my mind, and right above Shadow. I wonder where Into the Woods is going to end up. Okay. Above Shadow. Oof. Do you think that this was worse than Shadow? What did you put this at? I don't even know where Shadow is on here. Did I like rank it really high? What's going on? (laughs) No, you ranked it low. We both ranked it low. Information redacted out of 87. (laughs) (laughs) And where on information redacted is the Dark Age? Which is the only thing that actually matters. (laughs) It is... I believe, yeah, way below the Dark Age. Um, it's clearly and way below Bad Eggs. Way below Bad Eggs. Oh yeah. Uh, way below Killed by Death, which is actually one above Bad Eggs. Yikes! Honestly, I feel like I feel like my <laughs> rankings what? are all messed up. I'm like looking at it, and I was like, wow, there's oh. some worse episodes that are ranked like in the 50s and 60s that should be like down in the 80s, but they're not because I forgot about them. I guess I don't know. <laughs> And so this one I was like, yeah, so it's ranked for this season worse than Out of My Mind and The Replacement. And I'm like looking at it and I'm like, is it worse than those episodes? Yes. (laughs) Yes. Oh, I mean, yes. Maybe. Anyways, so I was like, is it better than Out of My Mind and The Replacement? I'm not entirely sure. I don't think so. However, I do know for a fact that it is better than Goodbye, Iowa, which I ranked it one above Goodbye, Iowa. Perfect. Because I'm just like, I really, really don't want Riley bullshit, initiative bullshit. I'm over it season four. Why are you still hanging on? The only good part about (laughs) Goodbye, Iowa is that we see Joel sleeping on a beach ball. But like, is that enough? It's not. So this episode's better than that, no, but somehow not. Goodbye Iowa is ranked above a bunch of other episodes that are better than it. Wow. I love an amorphous criteria that you can change at will, because I'm totally I can't that. imagine that. You've got a very strict regimented <laughs> system. Scientific. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm with you on ranking it below Out of My Mind. Out of My Mind was 121. This episode is 123 out of 137. Well, you said earlier Uh, that you thought maybe this was worse than Killed by Death. How is it not 136? That would still be better. No, because I don't know what I know. I'm just like, I'm, I just, I feel like I'm saving it, you know? Uh, Also, the joy stuff and stuff is so good that I can't, I just, I feel real bad. This episode is right above Surprise. Your innocence is gone, <laughs> and uh, and doomed. So it's better nice. than doomed by two. Nice. It's better than Ted. Ted is one twenty nine. Puppet Show is one thirty. So I think the the I'd rather what do we that. established at the beginning 
of this being a season two episode that got stuck in season five is true. And so, like, and it's all true. that really yeah. holds. In my rankings, it's, yeah. And I know that, that it's bad. Except it's that really uh, bad. season two, Killed by Dads, and season two, Bad Eggs episodes are better than this one. Uh-huh. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Yeesh. Oh well, <laughs> what a ride this episode was, and I'm glad that I won't have to watch it ever again. Although I probably will. Oh, I never want to, honestly. Well, do you have any final thoughts about this episode, so that you never have to watch it again? Never, never, never will. Never have, never will. He Great. won't be tricked. Stacia, do you have anything else to say about this episode? I don't. Well, we will see you next week. For the end of season four, the season four finale, Out of My Mind. Yes. <laughs> nope, that's not a Into the Woods. We said Out of My Mind so much. We've been Come in, on, the, in woods the Woods for so long. I'm oh, so ready God. to get out of them. Season four finale, Into the Woods. They led us right here in this Goodbye, episode. Bye, Riley. Kelly. Damn it. <laughs> oh. Finally. Yeah, until then, Daniel, say goodbye. <laughs> goodbye. Daniel, say goodbye. I don't believe in tiny Jewish Santa anymore. <laughs> Keep hope alive. Goodbye. I had not not a dream exactly. More like I had this knowledge. It, it just came to me like truth, you know. Even though it didn't seem possible. It, even though I shouldn't think such things, but at dawn, she's not mine, is she? I know this cream spinach is pretty delicious, but I promise I won't be offended if you go out for some real food. Are you kidding me? This is the good life. Relaxing in bed while people bring you food on trays.